Amen. You may be seated. today church family good good to have you guys uh, my name is Jeff and I want to welcome all of you here this morning and uh, while we're on welcoming can we just say a, a nice round of applause for all of our first-time guests here today thank you guys for being here this morning glad to have you guys um, as we think about first-time guests uh, you heard Christy say um, if you could read her lips after you're watching the town the anybody follow that you see that Kind of funny. I'm like, my baby's like a ventriloquist up there. Um, that's not really what they do, but that's the only word I could come up for. Anyway, so uh, we are doing something kind of crazy because that's kind of how our church rolls. We'll do anything short of sin to help people feel comfortable and open doors and remove barriers for people finding their way back to God. So we are doing an ugly sweater Christmas, all right? So what that means is I need you guys to get fired up to wear your ugliest, jacked-up sweaters so we can remove any barrier anyone might have with showing up with what they think the proper dress is on our Christmas service. Because you know that's a big deal for some folks, right? It's a big deal. People feeling nervous and just removing one small thing sometimes can be a huge open door for folks. So help us look a little, help us look a little bit goofy. So your friends and neighbors can look absolutely cool, okay? That's our goal. So wear some ugly sweaters. Uh, some of you guys have yours on this morning, um, I see. I'm just kidding. I got my ugly one on this morning. So um, anyways, so uh, that's going on. And also, I do want you guys to, in advance, uh, would you get together with whoever is your significant other or if it's just you and God, and would you pray in advance uh, for our, our end-of-the-year Christmas offering. I just want to encourage you to think through, if, if you're a part of this church, how you would play a role with helping this church really, really advance on some initiatives that we're praying for and thinking through. So uh, think that through, pray through that, and whatever God were to say to you, you just do what he says, okay? And that's coming up um, next Sunday, and we're excited about seeing what happens out of that and, and, and using that to help people find their way back to God. So uh, the, the other thing that, that is this morning is um, 
We had a great first service. And uh, I, I want to say that I get so pumped up and fired up with our awesome band. Um, when we started out our first service, yeah, thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Um, our, uh, our first service, we, we meet with our, all of our production team and our band, and we're walking through the flow of the service and making sure, you know, we, we do things excellent because we know you bring your friends every week, and we've made a promise that we won't embarrass you. We've said that before uh, often, that we don't want to embarrass you, so we're going to do our very best. So when we were behind the stage earlier praying with our band, we kind of got rallied up together. We put our hands in, and we said, we said that we, we love our kind of worship around here, and we don't, we don't worship like pansies. And I don't even know what that meant, but I think it meant that, that we, we don't have weak worship. We've got like, like on target, on fire, get fired up kind of worship. We don't, we don't have wimpy, like, ah, worship. We get fired up worship. And so this morning, I'm really, really pumped and really motivated, almost so much so I'm, I, I, really don't, I don't really want to open my mouth to mess it up. But if, if you know, I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, but what I'd like to do, in, in the same vein of what I feel like God's been doing today, I want to just pause one more moment and pray and ask God to be with us today and to, 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 to help us in this time of worship. I, I, I've had some, some dear folks in our church share with me some, some tragedies that they're going through right now. We have a man in our church um, that just lost his 29-year-old son. And, um, and, I, and I know in, in this size audience, there is, there's, some real, there's some real highs and some real lows uh, going on here today. And so I, I'm, I'm asking that God would do what only he could do and convey through the words of his word to penetrate our hearts however we need it. I believe God's going to do that today. So let's, let's just take a moment and pray. God, we, uh, we, we reverently take one more moment, God, before we open your word to ask you to do what only you could do. God, I pray that, that I would take a step back. My words wouldn't matter but God, I pray you would take and you would connect, you would convey, you would speak loudly and prick our hearts, and God, remind us that you are on the throne, you are not off the throne, you are sovereign and in charge of this earth, and you are leveraging everything, every good, every bad, you are leveraging it, God, to raise us up, our faith, our belief, and every good story and bad story, every happy story and sad story, you're leveraging it, God, for your purpose. And so that every man, woman, and child on this planet could know your grace and know your love. So I pray for those specific things that are going on here this morning, God, would you touch down in, in, our, in our lives. In your precious name we pray, amen. One more thing before we get started, last week we prayed for our, our lady soccer team. I want to congratulate Chelsea and the rest of the Lady Cougars for C from CSU. They came in second. They don't like to see that. I know they wanted to see that, but it's pretty cool to be able to say you are second in the nation in women's soccer. So that's pretty cool. So congratulations. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> so we're in week three of a series called, called Legacy, and uh, I have done a whole lot of thinking prior to and, and during this series about the idea of legacy. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken any longer. I am over midways of what we would consider middle life, 
and, or midlife. So I'm doing less thinking about how to begin or where we're, you know, where we're at in this moment, and I'm thinking more about how to end, like how, how to leave this life well. And I, I, and I know some of you guys are, are younger than I am. Many of you are younger than I am. In fact, the average age of our church is like 27. So, But, here, but I want us to see something today, that, that if we're going to leave a legacy, if we're going to leave or we're going to live a life that really makes a difference, it's going to come down to really one word, and that's being, that's being strategic. That's being intentional with, with what we're doing, with the, the steps we're taking. Because we're, we're going to have people that notice our lives, notice our actions far more than our words. And if, and if we're a, a church that, of people who are really subscribing to, to God and His purpose and, and knowing that, man, his purpose is better than my purpose, and, and, and when, you know, when I am really fueled and satisfied is when I'm living in the purpose God has for my life. When I'm thinking through that lens, um, we, we have this incredible opportunity to, ha- to have impact, to, to make a difference in this world. If you noticed a couple weeks ago, we we said, and, and here, I'll be real honest, I, I've been trying to think of prior to this series how I would motivate our church, <laughs> how I could get you fired up so we would just go out and do this, like we would go out and give our lives away. But what's crazy is secular scientists, psychologists, proved, obviously they didn't come up with this by themselves, it was kind of how God designed all this, but we used this guy named Maslow in Maslow's Hierarchy of Thinking, and we learned from secular psychologists, I don't have to motivate because built in innately in us is this desire to serve. And when we're, and when we're, when we're doing this, it's as if our needs are being met. So what he, what he said was our highest need. He went through like a list of all these hierarchy of needs. And the greatest, deepest, most intense, most wanted and needed need we have is to have an impact in others' lives. So when we're fully satisfied, when we're really living on target, is when we're being like our Creator. He, made, he, he gave Himself as a sacrifice for us, and He wants us to give our lives away to others. And when we're doing that, like, bam, wow, pow, we, we're, 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 we're full. We're content. And so I want to do something today that's going to going to sound a little bit like are you seriously going there and then I'm going to turn the corner and and apply this this part of the subject to how I feel like our church can really apply this and I hope we'll walk away today and we'll we'll be the church we'll be these people and for those of us that think that's good for somebody else it is absolutely it's good for somebody else but this is absolutely quintessential the thing that 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 allows us to live life well and, and to be fulfilled and to be satisfied. So if you got your Bible, if you don't, uh, no sweat. If you're new to Bible study, we've got verses on screens and you can follow on your smartphone, um, several good apps um, to do that with. So um, today we're asking the question, how do we live our life intentionally? And let me show you what God is going to do in the end to help us backtrack of how we, how we do this. 
So in Romans 10, or excuse me, Romans chapter 14, verse 10, it starts out by saying, for we, we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So then each of us will give an account to himself to God. Now, right off the bat, there's this word that jumps out. It's called judgment seat that freaks some of us out. When I think of judgment, I think of the verse I like to use. It says, judge not lest ye be judged, right? Because no one wants to be judged. But in this, in this scripture, in this passage, Paul speaks about a particular kind of judgment called the judgment seat. Now, there's going to be two kinds of judgments that happen in the end times. The, the, the one that you may know of is when God's wearing the hat of like straight up judge, like with the gavel, and that's called the great white throne judgment, and that is going to be the judgment uh, where, where based on your choice of giving your heart to Jesus and putting your faith and belief in him, God determines who's, who's going to come or who's going to go, who's going to heaven or who's going to hell. That's going to be just a you're going this way or that way judgment. That's all it's for. It's going to be based on where you're at. Have you bowed the knee to Jesus and understood that him to be the forgiver and the gift to all men, making us right with God? And that's just a gavel of you're in or you're out. All right? This judgment says we, for we all, that's not all everybody, that's all believers. This is the judgment seat where God's wearing not the great white throne judgment hat, but a different judgment hat, and I'm going to explain that in a minute, where he is looking at believers and not wearing the like gavel judge hat, but more like an Olympic judge hat, saying, um, I, I'm, I want you to you know, give an account for what you've done, not to earn your way to God, because that's, that's already determined. These are people already in. But because you believed in me, because you are in, I'm going to determine how well you gave your life away, how you served others, how you, how you leveraged, you know, my purpose, your purpose in life for, for my purpose, for, for, for kingdom purpose. And that's going to be a judgment where he's more like an Olympic judge passing out like bronze and silver and, and, and gold medals, not particularly medals. I'm just using that as an example. But that's the type of judge judging that will be going on at that moment. Now, you and I, we kind of think of this word judge. And we put, we, we filter that, run that through the filter of our minds of how we think of judgment, and we place that on, on God, on Scripture. I just want you to see what kind of judge God's going to be in this last, in these end times, all right, for the believers, all right, because I think there's a lot of confusion around this subject. Maybe some are like, I never even knew about that, but thanks, now I have, now I am confused, but I just want you to see this. So we can get a picture of who really God is, and, 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 and we can look at him through the lens of what Scripture says. So, so we understand there is going to be a judgment, right? We are going to give an account for, as believers, what we've done with our life, how we've leveraged our lives. But in Matthew 16, 27, it talks more about this. It says, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory. So Jesus and God are, are the same, right? Jesus is coming now in, in all his glory glory of God with angels, and it says, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Now, uh, another verse that it even gives you, uh, gives us a really good glimpse of 
kind of who God is in this moment. The very last book of the Bible, again, spells this out. There's going to be this judgment, and it says, and behold, Revelation 22, and behold, I am coming quickly. Now, this is, you, this is some personality coming out here of God. I think this is, this is kind of cool. This helps me grasp the type of feeling we ought to have when it comes to thinking about this moment in heaven that we'll be a part of. Jesus is basically saying, I'm coming quickly. Notice he's not coming slowly. Notice it's like I'm in a rush. Like now that it's time to come, now that the end is happening, I'm, I'm choosing to come quickly and my reward is with me. Like he's not leaving it behind. Like he's so excited he can hardly wait that he's going to show up and he's bringing his award, rewards with us to us. He can't wait. And what's cool is, if you've ever, ever taken a word study and just looked up this word reward, it's used two different ways. It's used as a word mythos, which means wages or salary, and it's also used as a word called uh, apodidomy, which means pay back. So essentially, he's coming to give us and pay back with wages, with reward to those of us who have been involved in this thing, uh, playing our role, being, being like Christ to others, serving others, um, helping others, being, you know, just being a friend to somebody, hugging a neck. And he's saying, I'm, you're, there's going to be a moment in time at the end when you're going to give an account for what you're doing and what you've done, and I can hardly wait to reward you. Now, to me, that takes, it doesn't take like pressure off but it helps me see God for the blesser and rewarder that he is. Meaning some of us, eh, you're going to get a bronze. It's not so bad. It's pretty good, right? Come on, let's hear it for the bronze people, right? All right, some are going to get silver. Some are going to get gold, medals. Like, wow. And I don't think we're going to be looking at each other going, Dadgum, that person got a, got a gold. I should have got a gold, right? No, we're in heaven, right? We do that now, Right? And, and honestly, I think we have this entitlement mentality that we, we're all messed up in this. I mean, kids get awards for everything today, and they don't do anything. I'm just saying, right? So we are going to give an account. We, we are going to, God is, God's not, God doesn't need us to go serve the world. The world needs us to serve the world, right? I kind of view this like um, being a dad, uh, Every now, every now and again, you know, we rally the Murphy team together because it's like, it's like wintertime and really it's about to happen. And because there's leaves like all over my yard. I have trees. I'm like, I'm, there's just trees everywhere. We live kind of like kind of a pile of trees in the woods. And, uh, you know, every now and then I'll get everybody out there and it's time to rake. And, you know, sometimes they're like in the mood. Sometimes we're like, oh, dad. And it's like kind of like pulling teeth. And I feel like I'm dad like. Can't you just go help somebody in the world, you know? And, and so, you know, I try to get the kids on board, and they'll, you know, sometimes they'll be motivated, and 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 I'll 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 notice, you know, what they're doing, and I'll I'll reward them for what they're doing. I mean, there's been times they've got they've gotten out there with me, and they've just really really hung in there, and I've been proud of them, and we'll load up and we'll say, all right, and you know, everybody knows if you know much about me. Krispy Kreme is like, it's like God. I mean, it's, 
I dropped off a box last night because I was dreaming of like, I, I wanted, to, I, I kind of wanted a box for me, but I felt like I needed to serve somebody else, so, but it's just like, it's just, it's goodness, it's just like, it's holy, it really is, and so, you know, there's times when my kids are working, and I'll, I'll bless them for it, and I really feel like God looks at us, and He just longs to bless us for the works we're doing, and, and I think He looks at it like through the lens of a father. Last hour, I talked, I was bragging about Dewan, who is a real sweet lady in our church, who for several months noticed a, a husband and wife, she thought so, walking to work every day, this long distance. And she would see him at one spot, and then, you know, the next day she'd leave and be later, and they'd be further along. And so after a period of time, she met these folks and would give them a ride to work Every day for months and months and months. And I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know that I would do that, but she did that for months. She's a single, Dewan's a single mom. She's got a few kids. And, uh, and I thought, what? What an amazing woman Dewan is. Well, the story goes, uh, in several months we even talked about her and what she did. She, she rallied her small group together and said, hey, here's what's been happening. Wonderful family. You know, he works at this one place, and she works over here, and they've been walking for miles. Their kids go to school over here. Can, can we, do you think we could rally together and raise them some money to buy them a car? They rallied together and, like, seriously bought this family a nice car. I mean, a nice car. And I just, I, was, I bragged on her last hour, and everybody, everybody just, like, applauded for her, and they were so proud. And I thought in that moment, I was like, that's kind of how it's going to be in heaven. Anybody upset that we just blessed Dewan? and like thanked her and gave her a gold medal in front of anybody? And we were like, no. And I think that's how it, that's how it will be. God's going to reward us. And he, he is a God who is so excited with, with his, his family and what we've been doing. He can't wait to reward us. So that's the picture I want you to have. So, so that's, that's the idea of what we're looking at here. God loves us and he wants to reward us. So let me, let me ask you, let me just kind of throw this out. Because God's, God wants to reward us, he also wants to look at the motives behind what we're doing. So we see in scripture where it talks about God testing our, our motives, testing our works. So what I'd like to do is give us the answers of the test before the test as the test is happening, so to speak. So anybody, anybody ever get the answers in school um, before the test happened? Anybody? Just a moment for d- disclosure and honesty here. Okay. I did it. I did a few. I tried to get, I tried to get the answers to every test. <laughs> uh, people got very wise quicker like, Murphy, you got to do your own work. We're not helping you ever anymore. So, um, so here's what I want to give you. I want to give you the test in advance, tell you what's what, how God's going to judge our motives. Well, how God's going to look at what we're doing, all right? So in 1 Corinthians 3.12, it says, If any man builds on this foundation or buys into this teaching, uh, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold or silver, costly stones, wood, hay, straw, his work will be shown for what it is. So whatever you're offering, whatever you're doing, whatever... Um, whatever works you were doing on behalf of God, whether it's, you know, gold or awesome stuff or, you know, 
that week you, you can't offer gold and it's, you know, it's wood or it's whatever it is. Whatever, whatever you are doing at whatever point in time, your work will be shown for what it is. God's going to evaluate and know the motives. So because the day, uh, we know for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. It is what he has, uh, it, it, if what he has built, he will receive his reward. So even our works will be tested. All right, so here's the test, answers to the test. The first one I want to give you is this, uh, the test of relationship. That's going to be the first test of our motives, the test of relationship. Um, why did you do the work? And again, sometimes I test my kids to see why they're doing things, um, funny, a couple funny little aspects of my kids, you know, the whole leaves thing, we got, you know, twigs and branches and, you know, all kind of stuff in my yard. I remember one time we were raking leaves and my middle daughter, Ashley, was fairly young and everybody's raking and I've got the, you know, the, the tarp out and we're dragging tarp and there's, I'm telling you, like, we can have piles of like five foot leaves, like several of them. And Ash is walking by one day. She's young. She's like four, four years old. She's holding one leaf. She's like, you can thank me later, like for one leaf. I thought it was kind of funny. But every now and then, I like to test my kids. I like to, I like to, I like to know their motives, right? Every now and then, one of my kids will be like, Daddy, you know, please, can we, can we I really want to help with leaves. And I'm like, what do you want, right? What, what are you trying to, you want me to buy something for you? Is that what it is? One time I came home, and I, I'm, since I'm talking about Ash, one time I came home, and my office was a mess. It was a, it was a disaster. I've been coming and going and coming and going, and it's kind of like an office, part man room. There's like all my man stuff in there too, and uh, it was just a disaster. It's got a closet, and there was like hunting clothes and just just office stuff, and it was a mess. And Christy had been on me like, I don't know, maybe like a year or two clean it up, and I, I came home one day, and it was immaculate, and not just like shoved up under a couch or in the closet or just stuffed under in a drawer, like it was, it was perfect, like I, I needed to organize it anyways to get stuff to where it could be functional, like put places, things, places where they need to go. I'd come home this one particular day, and Ash, Ashley, my middle, had like spent hours organizing, hours, hours. And I walked in, I was like, who did this? I was like, Christy, I'm sorry, I would have done it. I'm, you know, she's like, your daughter did it for you, okay? Yeah. You know, and I was like, who? And, and Ashley had done this. So I went into Ash, and I was like, Ash, you did that for Daddy? And she was like, yes. She's smiling. I was like, do you want something for me? And she's like, Daddy, I just love you. I, just, I gave her $2,000. <laughs> no, but I wanted to. Right? You, you, parents, you know what I'm talking about? When a child does something because they want to or because they love you or because the relationship you have, the, the same thing goes with God in, in that first part of this message. He is coming as a rewarder. He is coming like anticipating. I can't hardly wait. I'm bringing it with me. I can't wait to reward them. And so the test of our works, first thing, is the test of relationship. The second is the test of, like, our really innermost motives. What 
What is our motive? Matthew 6, 1-4 says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Motives are important to God, right? He, did, he doesn't want to drag people kicking and streaming. In fact, He doesn't do that. God never makes anybody choose Him for salvation, and God doesn't make anybody choose Him for the continued growth and satisfaction or joy or faith in our life. God does not force people to do stuff. He just doesn't do it. And I feel, I mean, we know this as parents, right? You don't, I mean, I, get, I don't even want the kids to do it if they're doing it because I'm forcing them to. Well, I take that back. I do, I do make them do stuff. <laughs> I mean, but there are times I just want to like, forget it. Go back inside the house. If you don't want to do it, I don't want you to do it. You're lost. I was taking everybody into Krispy Kreme, right? But you don't know that. And that's, that's, I've, that's really what we see of God. God wants us to want Him and to want to be a part of what He's doing in this world. And when we do, we benefit. This is not just about the recipients of this. This is about what we get out of it also. God wants to reward us. So the test of motive. So, um, so and there, you know, there's this, there's this part of this motive that I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to sift out real quick here. It says, if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. You know, if your motives are wrong, um, or if they're off. You know, if they never get back on track. And I want you to see out of this that we're all going to have wrong motives at times, right? We're sinful. It's not that God is just writing us off like their motives are wrong, you're out, no reward. No. God, God knows us. And God leverages preachers. He leverages word, leverages every bit of us to help us come back to him. All right, so maybe some of you guys are just like, you know, checking out because you're like, man, I'm so far away from like serving God. It's pathetic. I'm so far away from wanting to serve God. You know, that's where I'm at. But here's the thing with God, because he wants to reward us, he's not writing anybody off. He's wanting you to come back. That's why we have this verse. That's why it's in Scripture. He wouldn't have said it. He wouldn't have put it in there if he didn't want us to get this and start making progress in this area, to come back closer to him in this. So the test of the motive, test of the motive. The, the, the third one is the test of love. Um, and this is really about thinking about the person on the receiving end. It's, it's, it's thinking about that person. Um, 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender, what my, surrender my body to the flames, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So we don't, we don't serve because, you know, I, I preach some message and guilt trip you into, you know, going out in the community and us doing some big, you know, my church, you know, Bull Creek, thing that we've done in the past or, you know, loading up a, a truck or, you know, you know, early years of our, our church, we like had a boom lift and raised a, a few hundred bicycles to give to a school and we've done some crazy stuff. We don't serve God because you're guilted into it. We serve God because the person on the receiving end, for example, you know, let's just say there's a little girl in our, and I'm just hypothetically, but this happens. There's a, let's just say there's a five-year-old little girl in our kids' ministry, and we just need to go hug her neck because her parents are going through a divorce. We've got to think about her. You see, God, God doesn't force us 
God doesn't, let me say it like this, God doesn't need us for our good works. The world needs our good works. You know, I look at my kids, I'm like, we got sticks in the backyard. Can, can, can somebody go get those sticks? They need, to get, they need to get picked up. God needs us because the world needs us. So the test of love. The, the last thing is the test of eternity. And this is really to, to help us grasp that not all acts of kindness are the same. The test of eternity, Luke 18 or 16, 9 says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. Uh, he's saying to the church, I tell you, church, use your wealth, use your stuff to gain influence, to gain traction. So, you, we, so we grab friends. We make friends out of people by serving them. We make friends out of people. We diffuse people by, by serving and giving to them. So he says, use your worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. Meaning, serve your neighbor, neighbor. Mow their grass. Look out for somebody. Babysit their kids. Someone's going through a hard time. Ask them, what can I do for you? You see a waitress. You know, she's Sunday after church, man. She's sweating 10 tables and everybody's grumpy. And you can tell she's just kind of sweating it and looking flabbergasted. Somebody needs to step up and just serve her. Give her a honking tip. I mean, just blow her mind, right? But it's, it's not just, it's, it's nice, but it's not something that lasts unless we connect that somehow to the gospel. Um, scripture says, here's my alarm. That means I got to be done. I'm not worried about that. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm going to hurry. Um, so it's good to be nice, but we got to connect it to the gospel. I said this a few weeks ago, social, social justice isn't really justice without spiritual justice, right? If, if we go give someone a cup of cold water, if we go serve someone who's, who's on the streets and has no food, but we don't connect it to the gospel, all we've done is help fill someone's belly up. And that's nice, but not all nice things are, are equal, meaning we need to always Everything we do, connect it to Jesus. We need to connect it to the gospel. I need to help someone see that, man, I love you. Can I tell you what's going on inside of me? It's, it's, this, here's the gospel. The reason I serve is because someone, someone serves me. We need to leverage everything we are, everything we do to the gospel. And let me, let me just be honest. This is, this is my heart for our church. I want our church. I want us to leverage everything we are. I want us to leverage everything we have to help people find their way back to God. If we can get this and grasp, grasp this, our lives will radically, radically be different in a good way. Some of y'all get scared. You're like, oh my gosh, this, this message scares me to death. Because you think there's less in it for you. And the truth of the matter is, there's more than you ever dreamt of that's in it for you. The happiest, most fulfilled, on fire, just got it going on people that I know of in life are the people that get this principle of living their life intentionally for God. They're the happiest people I know. So I want us to get this. Let me, let, me, let me end with these couple verses and a couple more points. Matthew 6, 19 says this. 
do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Meaning leverage your stuff, leverage your life for somebody else's forever. Leverage. Leverage everything you are. Leverage your money. Leverage your car. Leverage your house. Leverage a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. If you don't have a few bucks in your wallet, 10 bucks for a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, leverage your hug. Leverage your body. Leverage everything we have for the purpose of somebody else. It says, but store, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Make it work for eternity. Connect it to the gospel. Where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's the rally cry for our church. This is what I want to end with. The rally cry for our church is this. Realize that God owns everything. I'm telling you what, if you and I can grasp this, that God owns everything, it will, it will, it's, it's the single most liberating principle that, that I know of, that, I, that I've seen exercised in my life and other people's lives Understanding that God owns everything is probably one of the most critical things to all of our spiritual growth, all of our happiness, all of our faith, probably tied up in understanding that it's all from God. Everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that you've been blessed with, guess where it came from? It came from God. However smart you are, God gave you the smarts. Whatever you've got... It's, it's been something that's been blessed and given to you by God. Chronicles 29.10 says this, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. The car you drive the house you own, the money, not just the 10% that God says is supposed to be mine for church or my house, but all of it, every bit of it. If I can understand that God's the owner and I'm just managing what he's given to me, then I can get this, then I can get this principle of it's all God's. Second thing is this, manage everything you have on his behalf. That's how we live, in te- that's how we live, in te- that's how we live intentionally. Understanding God is owner of all and managing it, managing everything on his behalf. Matthew 10, 42 says, and if, I, and if anyone gives up a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciples, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Again, this is a whole day wrapped around God wants to reward us. I know there's, there's mentalities and churches debate and some are like sad churches, and God, you know, God's just grumpy with us, and we just got to live like miserable, and that makes God happy, right? I grew up in a church like that. That's not the God of the Bible. God wants to reward us. That song we sang before I, I spoke, God is a good God. And I know there are times in our life where we wrestle with, is God a good God? Those of you that, that have gone through a loss, those of you that are struggling financially, struggling this time of the year, I lost my mom years ago, the day before Christmas. For many of you, this is a tough, this is a tough time of the year. God 
is a good God. And to the degree that we can lean into, the, into Him and operate in His purposes through our giftedness and leverage our stuff for somebody else's forever, to that degree do we experience God? And do we know Him greater? And we're satisfied in giving our lives away. So manage everything on His behalf. And the last is this. Focus your whole life toward the eternal. And let me say this. If you hear only one thing today, the greatest deterrent to leaving a legacy is thinking this world is our home. The greatest deterrent to thinking, the greatest deterrent to leaving a legacy is thinking this world is our home. Philippians 3.18 says, many of us, and this is strong language, and I didn't write it, many of us live as enemies of the, of the cross of Christ. Many of us in the choices and actions are living as enemies of the cross. I, I don't think anybody wants to be. I just think there's some innate desire in us that is, we're scared. A lot of us are scared. We're scared to step out and trust God with our stuff. We think if I give it away, if I, if I use my stuff, then there won't be enough. But just the opposite is true. God wants us to step out and be uncomfortable in such a way that we all of a sudden have to lean on Him. It's called faith. You know what? The, there's only one thing in the Bible that, says, that God says pleases Him. Do you know what it's called? It's called faith. God wants us to get to a place where we got to lean on Him. But he says, many of us are living as enemies of the Christ of cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God, and this is kind of, you know, it's kind of where he wants us to see, their God is the God of their stomachs. Not literally like I worship my belly, like I want a flatter belly, right? None of us want to grow our bellies and like, look at my big God. No, all right? God, God what, he's, what he's saying here is many of us, we just, we just continue to gobble up everything for ourselves, it's for me, it's for me, it's for me. No, no, God's like, no, no, no. You know who I want to bless? <laughs> I want to bless those who are like, it's not for me, it's not for me. God wants to make, here's what's crazy. I totally, I too do not believe these TV preachers that preach a prosperity gospel. But I 100% believe God wants to make us rich. God wants to make us rich. It's in scripture. He wants to make us rich so that in, so that in every way we can make we can bless others with our richness, right? God wants to make us rich and bless us so we can take it and bless other people. You know what God's wanting to bless? He's going to bless those who are going to be a blessing to others. God wants to continue to fill your bucket up. I think all of us have different sized buckets, but God wants to fill your bucket up over and over and over and over and replenish and replenish and replenish so you and I can be a blessing to other people. Focus our whole lives towards the eternal. This last of this verse says, their mind is on earthly, earthly things. Those that are the gods living as God of their stomach, their mind's on earthly things. But our citizenship, and this is, this is how I see our church. This is how we're going to live as a church. This is, this is what I believe about us. This is what I see us doing. This is where I think we're going to continue to grow. But our citizenship is in heaven. 
we're not thinking about what's on this earth. We're living our lives in such a way, thinking and remembering, this is not our home. This is not eternity for me here right, right now. This life won't be my life forever. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our God is coming back. And Scripture says when He comes, He's coming fast. And He's coming quickly. And He's bringing a boatload of rewards. We have a God who's a good God. And He wants to richly bless us so we can bless others. The question is, and I think this is the question for all of us to ask ourselves individually. How will you live your life intentionally so that we can leave a legacy? Because your friends are watching, your kids are watching, the whole world's watching. The only thing that separates us from every other world religion is that we have a God who gave his life for us and he came back from the dead. So I'm in. I'm in. I'll follow anybody who can do that, right? And so because he loves us and doesn't twist our arms to love back or to serve or to give our stuff away, he just says, I hope you will. I'll hope you'll step out of your comfort and let me be God and on the throne of your hearts. Let's pray. God, I pray is this is like a, like a, like a, you know, a, just a big mouthful gush of information in Scripture. God, I pray that your Spirit would help us to apply this personally to each of us. How, how do I play my role? I don't think there's a person in here that just wants to, to go up against you. Um, God, I don't think that's, that's really probably any of our hearts. But God, I just know that it's so easy for us to trust in ourselves. I, I know it's so easy, God, to, to be prideful and think that I got this all on my own. But God, you, 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 you set this up pretty smart and pretty well. I mean, all of us, God, I recognize we're going to run out of ourselves. We're going to get to a place of deficiency, God, and I believe with all my heart it's for the purpose of being dependent on you. Deficiency for the point of dependency, God, and I, I ask that you, would, that you would open each of our hearts, help us to grasp giving our lives away, and God, I pray that it would start today with us just looking around and looking for someone we could, we could love, we could serve, we could hug someone's neck. Give a dollar, give 10, give, give, give 100,000. God, I'm thankful for the person that just, just, just wrote a massive check because they want to play a role in making a difference. God, I pray you bless them so they can continue to be a blessing. Lord, I, I, I pray this does not ever become misconstrued as the church wants our money, wants our stuff. But God, I pray that we would see this exactly the way you want us to see it. Help us to see how you want to reward and bless us so we, we can be a blessing to others. God, help us to grow in this area. Help us to be the best at it. And I pray that you would help us in this church be a light to every man, woman, and child in this city and abroad. In your precious name we pray, amen. Our host teams are going to come.
We're going to close with an offering. Let me just say, if you're a guest today, I'm so sorry you had to hear that message. <laughs> Not really. But I just want you to be our guest today. You, you now, if you're a guest, you see what, we, what our hearts are. You see what our intentions are. There's no hidden agenda around here. We live to serve you. And we want you to know us <clears throat> by our actions, not so much by what we say. And so let me add, if you're a guest here today and, and, you're, and you're hurting and you're, you're, you're in a bad place financially, um, light bill uh, or the light's out or something's going on in your world and you need something out of this bucket today, I, I encourage you just to take it on your way by, okay? It's one of the things we say around here. No one ever can steal anything because we've already given it away, all right? So I encourage you to do that. Everyone stand up with me as we prepare our tithes and, tithes and offerings, those of us that play that role in this church. And I pray God would bless you this week. And I encourage you, we worship in this last song. Let's say, let's say thanks. Let's just, let's just rip this roof off and say thanks for God who gave his life for us. Let's, let's do that. Oh.